Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Slam Pajama presented by Club City Control Room. My name is Andy Anas, and on this episode of Pod Slam Pajama, we're doing a uh, literally almost off the presses. The big news: Marcus Sasser, he is back. Cue the intro. Jones across midfield. Jones just waiting for somebody. Jones inside the 20 to the 10. And for the fifth time in his career, will not be stopped. Here's Grimes at a pull up three. Oh, Grimes. Dead eye shooter. Blair to Patterson in the corner for three. To midcourt. That's Mark at the buzzer. So welcome back everybody. Like I said before, my name is Andy Yanez. Um You can follow me on Twitter on the description below. Joined as always by my co-host Dayon Dunlap. How are you doing, sir? Good night. We are <laughs> recording at night this, uh, this episode. It's a great night, man. Great night. Got great news. I'm excited. Probably more excited than ever for this next upcoming basketball season. Yeah, expectations through the roof. So, like I said in the in the intro, um, in the club open, I mean, there was really nothing more uh, there was to say. Marcus Sasser, uh, June first, he had until ten fifty nine uh, Central Time, and he spared us. He he beat he he gave us a couple of hours instead of waiting all the way up to the ten fifty nine deadline. But um, he posted on Twitter, posted on his Instagram. He will be returning to the Houston Cougars for the upcoming 2022-23 season. That's a big get for a team that um, we've mentioned it before, just um, how really across uh, whatever what college website you see, there's the preseason way to run your preseason polls. It doesn't matter if it's ESPN, if it's CBS, if it's Bleacher Report, any you name them. Houston has been in the top five consistently, and now they have their best player coming back, and he – uh, Marcus Sasser spoke to reporters about 30 minutes ago. They were recording this uh, on May on June 1st. It's already June. That's crazy. Like we, we, it's June one, but obviously, of course, we want it to be November already, just so the season can can come and get underway. But uh, Dayon, I'll toss it over to you. Just initial thoughts. Marcus Sasser, he stayed. He was true to his word. He said if he didn't get a first round guarantee, he was coming back. And today, he announced that he indeed is back. Hey, man, first, I'm excited. Congratulations to him on making the right decision for him. And um, a lot of things stuck out. Listen to his pressure. I mean, his presser um, said he talked to a couple of few older teammates who went through similar situations, but he really highlighted that they went through their journey. I have my own journey. And I think he made the right decision. I think he made the right decision because like, he kept reiterating during his presser that, it can't hurt him coming back, especially when you come back to a top-notch program with the talent that they have, the coach that they have, and the expectations that they're going to have. I mean, his draft stock can only go up, and so I definitely think he made the right decision. For sure, and we get to, we'll, we'll get into some of the specifics of you know what what those expectations will be for the team um, coming up in the 2022-23 season, but let's focus more on that presser and really what uh, Marcus Sasser said uh, about his decision-making um, or kind of like the factors that went into the decision. I was kind of um, – what, what stuck out to me was when he said that it was – 
uh, he had a little bit of doubt going into the process that he would get, um, like you said, that first round guarantee. Um, to be quite frank, it sounded more like he had doubts that he would get drafted at all, period. Um, and then, then he 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 said that it wasn't that tough of a decision, like you said, to come back to Houston, um, which now we're going to get into it again, like I said, with the expectations sky high. Uh, but he went through the entire process, and for the most part, he said he was never in a rush to make a decision. And I think it's interesting with Marcus Sasser. He had so many, you mentioned that he reached out to ex players. He mentioned Quentin Grimes and Dejan and, and Nate Hinton by name in his presser. He said, like you mentioned, they all said, um, he said the best uh, advice that they gave him or the, the advice that they gave him was that trust his gut. And, you know, he reached out to his family and, and actually he was even in Orlando uh, this morning working out with the magic. He said that was something that had been set up. Um, right after the NBA draft combine had ended, and he said that that didn't, it wasn't going to play a factor into his decision. What a day for him! He goes from Orlando to Chicago, and he ends up making the de- decision with his family, and he he posted. But what say you? Whenever he said that 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 you know he he had his doubts going into it. Um, did that stick out to you, or, or was there anything else that that might have perked your ears? No, it kind of really just told me that he's a realist. I mean, he was keeping it real with himself. He was getting real honest feedback from his family and I'm sure from um, all the NBA coaches as well. And he stuck to it. And I really think he learned from previous situations, whether he said he did mention them by name and he talked to him, but just me on the outside looking in, Armani Brooks, I think he left a year too early, just in my personal yeah. opinion. I think if he comes back, his stock raises even more. You look Nate. at Nate Hinn, the next. I think if he comes back more, his stock raises even more. And then, I mean, Quinn, I think he, he left at the right time, but specifically those two players, um, I mean, I, I think it's a great decision. Um, in one of our group chats, I, I talked about how his stock could raise he, even I think without a doubt he's going to be in the Wooden Watch Award, potentially could be the National Player of the Year, and all those different things. But more importantly, what else? What also stuck out to me was um, that he he kept saying that he was fifty fifty, but yeah. it, it it really he really talked a lot about the coaching staff and mm-hmm. how at practice how they push him to be his best and just the culture and so. It really shows the trust that he have in Coach Sampson, Coach Q, Quantus White, Coach Kellen Sampson, the entire coaching staff really to really push him and help develop him even more and more to get to that next level. And also with the feedback, I think he got very honest feedback in which he said that he got from NBA um, scouts and officials as far as his game. And he said he felt like it was honest. And so, I mean, all in all, I think it's a great decision, not only for Houston fans, but for Marcus. I, I think his stock will raise with a deep run um, and even even with a better season. Full season. Yeah, an- another thing he mentioned, um, obviously, of course, he went through the entire draft process. He wasn't initially invited to the NBA draft combine. Uh, he started out in the G League event, um, essentially the G League version of, of the combine. He worked his way up. He was able to get a full invitation up to the actual NBA draft combine. And, you know, one thing, another thing he touched on was how he felt that just being in that stage, playing against, you know, players that are, you know, they're all they're all buying for that position. They're trying to be, uh, you know, some of them are first round picks. Others are fighting to get into the late second rounds. They're all trying to get to that goal to the NBA. He said that's going to make him better. Uh, where what did you think about him uh, talking a little bit about, you know, just being at the combine and getting to play against those other high caliber players? 
I think that goes right along with I was just talking about raising his stock. I, I think some of the pros kind of put on notice the good performance that he had in the G League and, and then into the NBA combine. And so all of that, you take all of that into account, all of that into consideration. I, I think it, it, it really helped him. I think it really probably sharpened um, his iron a little bit, really highlighted some of his weaknesses and, and even highlighted some of his strengths. He knows he's a knockdown shooter. He knows he can create shot for himself, and he knows he's a really, really good on-ball defender. And I think playmaking a little bit more, making other others around you even better. And so all in all, man, I, 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 I think I just feel like he's a realist. I think he, he keeps him 100. You could tell everything he said was honest from what I've seen with my eyes, just being on the outside and I haven't had any conversations with him. And so, I mean, it was very pleasing to see. And I, I think he, he's really, really going to reach that peak and, and really get to all his ultimate goals and really being a locked in for, for sure first round pick, potentially even a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. One one other thing that, that I want to touch on before we make the segue and, and we talk more specifically about the Houston team for next season, uh, he, he was asked about the feedback he received um, from the, the NBA scouts that were there, from the teams that he spoke to, and and uh, I want to make sure I get this right because he talked about how they the NBA personnel really praised him for his being a floor spacer, obviously we know from his three years in Houston that he can knock down open shots. He's uh, he can create his own shot, and he talked a little bit about his ball handling and how high that is. He did mention that his playmaking—that's one thing that he can get better at and 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 really improve. Um, and I'd imagine that's going to be something that's going to be an emphasis for him this upcoming season. Do you agree with um, what Sasser said? I mean, they asked him himself. They asked Sasser, does he agree with that uh, feedback he was giving? He said, absolutely. And going back to what you said, he's a realist. And uh, do, you, do you agree that, that that's what Sasser really needs to get on tape, that he can be a playmaker at a high level? Um, so like you said, he, he can get to that first round um, mark. 100%. I think I, I believe that 100%. And I think Coach Sampson is going to allow him to be in that position even more. Uh, I do, although him and Jamal will be in that backcourt. Jamal is going to be the starting point guard, and Mark is going to be off ball a little off ball. I think he will play with the ball in his hands a little even more in that pick and roll action, and really just look to play make and pick his spots even more. I, I think often a lot of times that he would look to score. I'm not saying that he didn't look to play, make or make the right play, but I think his basketball IQ will raise even more and he will put more emphasis on creating for others, really just using his natural scoring ability as a threat to to spread the floor because you know you got to close out to him as a shooter. You know he can get all the way inside and finish. You know that he has a complete offensive arsenal. And so I I definitely agree with that um, assessment 100%. That's the perfect segue. You mentioned how he's going to be able to fit with Jamal Shedd coming right up on Pot's Time at Jamma. We'll talk more about what that's going to look like. Marcus Sasser is back. Obviously, he's going to be a starter. How will he fit in in the backcourt with Jamal Shedd from Unmark? And a lot of the new faces that will be coming, coming right up on Pot's Time at Jamma covering your UH Athletics. Carol Pot's Time Jamma. Now to- talking more about the roster that Coach Sampson has assembled, still has one scholarship open. Um, mm-hmm. So I know they're looking to fill that. But with the roster they have assembled right now, including now for sure Marcus Sasser back, I mean, I, I saw something online that said they are our favorite. I don't really look into that. I'm like Coach Sampson, all that means nothing now until you roll the ball out and it's time to hoop. But 
with that being said, just kind of looking at the talent that they have, what they have coming back, how Jamal Shedd took a next step. And you got Sasser, you got Tremont Mark coming back. You got Jarris Walker coming in, Terrence Arsenal, Emmanuel um, is there. He was there, got his body weight. I saw pictures of him, and he, he's progressing as far as his physique, and I know he's sharpening his skill set. Ramon Walker, I expect him to take a next step. All these different pieces, um, some I haven't even mentioned, how are your friends, but all these different pieces are well together when you got the best coach in the country, Coach Sampson. And But I, I just really think they fit well together because you, you look at Jamal Shedd, who's a pass first point guard, Marcus Sasson, who, who's a scorer and could be your closer, along with your mom, Mark, who is an all-around scorer. I mean, he could do it inside. He can do it out. He can get to the free throw line. I mean, I really like just the all-around roster that Coach Sampson is putting together. They're going to be guard-heavy like he likes to be. You got long, athletic shot blockers at the rim. What about you? What are you thinking about the roster that's assembled and how they're going to be able to potentially hold up to their expectations? No, yeah, for sure. I think uh, the the key for this team next season, um, and we we've kind of uh, hinted at it, but uh, certainly from the preseason get go, from this moment that we're that he just announced, so June one, up until whenever the ball tips off in November uh, for the first game of the season, they're going to be Houston's going to be talked about as you know, at, at, to be quite frank, and just being conservative as a top five team in the country because of what they're bringing back. Marcus has is that key piece. Um, they're getting, they're going to bring in, you mentioned, Jairus Walker, um, who's the first five-star recruit that Houston has, has, is bringing in since, I believe it was since Daniel House way back in the, in the mid-2000s. In the mid-2010s, not that he's not, not 2000s, but uh, I digress. That's going to have a lot of expectations um, just off of that alone. Now, you look at fit, and, and you mentioned that Jamal Shedd, uh, in theory, it looks like they would be able to, to play together because of, like you said, Jamal Shedd is more of that pass-first uh, point guard. He's more of a facilitator, and Marcus Sasser at the same time. Like he said, that's what the NBA uh, team stole them is, is his strengths. He's a sports, he's a floor a spacer. He can knock down open shots. He's going to make teams have to stretch out and have to guard him the moment he steps past half court because he's a threat to, to shoot the ball uh, to be quite frank almost anywhere once the ball crosses half court uh, so that's going to be a obviously a big bonus for Houston especially um we saw last season especially in that elite eight game against Little Nova where uh, you're looking at that game and, and that's one thing that you mentioned with Calvin Sampson the coaching staff that they have their culture. They're going to play to the identity. And going back to uh, Sasser's presser um, himself, he, he talked about how that's going to be one of the big things uh, for this coming season. And that's going to be teaching the new guys the culture. Um, obviously, Marcus Sasser has been here four years, so he's got that down. But that that's going to be a bit of a learning curve, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, you mentioned them. Arsenal, Emmanuel Sharp, who's been here already for half the year. Um by the way, they keep showing uh, they keep showing pictures of his progress since he he joined the program with with Ivan Bishop. So I'd imagine we're barely June by the time they tip off. That's that's still five months ahead, which is so absurd. Um, but they'll all be making progress along that. So it'll be interesting to see how they gel. Um, I think they they're gonna have a good mix of veterans and young talent. And and obviously the the main thing is gonna be how Jarvis Walker um kind of fits into the program. I think. The, the interesting thing is you know, the biggest feedback that Sasser got is that he needs to show off his playmaking. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Houston juggles that and balances that because, like we mentioned, Jamal Shedd's the, the facilitator, at least he was this past season. And um, yeah, obviously this isn't, you know, correlation or causation or anything like that, but Jamal Shedd didn't really get that chance to kind of start in his role until Sasser uh, went down. So it, it'll probably be in a bit of an adjusting period for them as well to play together um, for long stretches now. Um, they're going to have the entire offseason to figure it out. They start their summer workouts uh, this upcoming Monday um, that we're recording this. So it's, it's June 1. They'll they'll have it figured out. Or they start their summer practices at June 6, I believe. Yeah, but, but if you remember right, that member Marcus was starting at the point guard before Jamal was inserted into the lineup. So I can't remember exactly yeah. how many games they played together, but like you said, for long stretches over time. So – I mean, that is uh, um, an adjustment period. But, I mean, they know each other's games. They've been there together now for two years now, having played only over half a year because Jamal didn't play much. But they know each other's practice. They know each other's strengths. They know where Jamal knows his spots. I think they know how to read each other. I just like you said. And one thing like that he said, it, it's getting a, a lot of the young guys and the incoming guys – and even in the recruit, I mean, the transfer that they have coming in adjusted to the culture because the culture is one that's going to keep you in the game. You know the culture is going to keep you in the game. It's on for them to make shots and do whatever it takes in any different game to win the game. But, I mean, I, I really like the team. I, I really like um, what they have. They have some experience with Marcus Jamal or Reggie Chaney. Um, J. Juan Roberts, Jermon Mark. I mean, he's in his third year. It's kind of really still his sophomore because he's really sat out the last entire year. But you got players with experience. Um, Ramon Walker got a lot of experience as a true freshman, so I expect him to take that next step. And you just look at the roster that they have, I think Coach Sampson could potentially go from playing, what, seven, eight players this year to potentially playing maybe ten players even early in the season before he gets mm-hmm. down to his – his final core as far as it eight, seven, eight players, nine players have a minute he play. But you look at it potentially, they can roll five in, five out with the depth that they have. For sure. And obviously the the thing we've also touched on is uh, that one scholarship spot that's still open. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they end up bringing another player in, and they're really size. Um, when you look at the bigs that they have, uh, obviously when you got to start um, at the top of the list with, uh, Jawan Roberts and what he was able to do for for Houston in stretches. Now I think um, the the kind of uh, where walk, uh, Roberts is going to have to grow is consistency because we would see him in stretches. I mean, the, the first game that comes to mind is that Wichita State game on the road, or where he comes in, he he makes huge plays for Houston in that double overtime thriller, um, and then you know there there's other games where. Um, it's, it's kind of, it was an up and down. It was kind of like the stock market. One, one game he was high, the other he would, uh, be low. So his consistency is going to be key. Obviously, um, they're going to be returning Reggie Chaney, who's been, he's going to be, it'll be his third season with the program, uh, since he joined, um, past season 2020 uh, obviously he's not necessarily in terms of size the tallest player on the court but you know you know what he brings to the table he was the starting one of the starting bigs for that final four team that made that run back in 2020 uh back in 2021 and uh so he's going to be a key factor obviously we talked about Tremont Mark and obviously everyone knows about Mark and, and Sasser since they missed my 
big chunk of their season. But Reggie Cheney was battling an in, uh, a hand injury for uh, yeah. throughout the entire season, and and similar to to Roberts, you know, he would have stretches where he would make impacts, but he really struggled with consistency, and a lot of it had to do with with injuries. And one player that, to be quite frank, has been forgotten about uh, with the Houston program has been Kieran Powell. And that's just necessarily because he hasn't, you know, he's been behind you know, Fabian White, Josh Carlton, uh, Reggie Chaney, uh, Jawan Roberts. So um, at least for the exactly Bryson Gresham going back to, to 2020, 2021. Um, so at least as of now that, you know, the traffic kind of clears up for him a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if he can come in and, and you know, be an impact player because he just hasn't had the opportunity uh, the past two seasons that he's been with the, the program. Yeah, and I said this in a previous episode. I want to see um, the type of player that he and Javier Francis can be. Coach Sampson already went out and said that Javier Francis is the best shot blocker that he's had while he's been at yeah. Houston. And we show glimpses glimpses of it. Has a really long wingspan, can catch lobs and throw it down. But I want to see out of, among those two players their offensive um, skill set. What do they what do they bring on the offensive end? Because that's one thing that they had this year with um, with Josh Carlton that they really hadn't mm-hmm. had since um, Breon Brady, someone you could, yeah. that you routinely could throw the ball into on the post and, and build a game plan around feeding them down on the post. And so. That's something I'm anxious to see. I mean, you kind of know where, where Reggie is um, as far as on the type of player he is. But those two young players who are potentially behind Reggie, honestly, what they are. I know they're both long. I know, I'm sure uh, Kieran is a shot blocker just like Javier Francis. But I think that is a question mark. Will he go and, and get more depth at that center spot, potentially looking for more low post offense. Um, how would Jarris Walker come in and develop? Will he come in and look like a five-star freshman and start from day one? Or will he kind of work his mm-hmm. way into the culture behind J. Juan Roberts? It's a lot of question marks, but when you got a head man like um, Kelvin Sampson at the helm, all players are going to trust him at his, at his word and put them in the right spots to help them to get ultimately where they want to be at the team and as a player because the proof is in the pudding. He develops you as players, him and his coaching staff, as players, no matter your position, is going to give you that opportunity, um, whether if it's earned, to get on the floor and play winning basketball and something that translates to the next level, not just at Houston. Yeah, and one, one uh, at least one concern that, that to be quite frank, um, hasn't really been a concern at Houston the last few seasons is probably, you know, I wonder if, and then I'm just going to toss this out there. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but um, could it potentially be a case where, you know, you have Tremont Mark, you have Marcus Sasser, you have um, Jarris Walker. We don't know um, how, like you mentioned, how he's going to be able to come in and, and impact um, right off the bat. Uh, and then you still have, um, you know, Jamal Shedd isn't necessarily a scorer, but he is a, a bit of a facilitator now. Uh, they're also going to be adding uh, Malik Wilson, who who is going to be transferring. Now, I will say this, and uh, this, this is something of note. Um, it's not 100% guaranteed that he plays for Houston uh, this upcoming season okay. because he did transfer um, – to, he transferred last year from Louisiana to, to, to Texas Tech, and now he's transferring again. So he's going to need a waiver to be able to be eligible to play uh, in the 2022-23 season. So uh, for all we know, he's not even you know um, able to play this upcoming season. So that, that'll be something to monitor. But could you see a 
scenario where there's, um, you know, it, it's going to be an adjustment period, at least at the very beginning when you, know, you have Sasser, you have Tremont Mark, you have all these players that are going to, uh, could potentially need to figure out when it's time, you know, for Marcus Sasser to get his shots. When does Mark, uh, Tremont Mark need to get his shots? I mean, I think so, but that's going to be with every team. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be more than other team, more than any other team. I think they're going to build their chemistry, and as the season goes on, their roles are going to be defined. I think yeah. we, we kind of know the role that Marcus Sasson and Jamal Shedd is going to hold. But I think um, Jamal Mark, well, as high as I am on him and he's the fans high on him, he still has to come out and prove that he can do what we all believe that he can do consistently throughout the entire season. And so – I mean, I think the chemistry building is definitely going to be there early. It's going to be a learning adjustment early. But, again, I mean, that was what it was like last year. Jamal Shedden started the season as a starting point guard. Then as games went on, Coach Sampson realized, hey, this is an adjustment that we need to make um, as a team, and he did that. And so as long as you got Coach Sampson and you got as many pieces that he has to put the puzzle together, I mean, like I keep saying, I really like their chances. But one thing that I'm interested in seeing is – Who's going to be the first couple guards off the bench? I mean, you got Ramon mm-hmm. Walker, who was yeah. kind of forced into action in his true freshman season. But I, I believe that he's definitely going to take another step offensively. Defensively, he showed a lot, did a lot of hustle plays. But will it be him? Will it be Terrence Arsenal? Will it be a, a Emmanuel Sharp? I mean, mm-hmm. who's going to be those other guards? Because Coach Sampson, like he said, he 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 likes to play. Um, six, six, six guards, six, yeah, six guards. And so I, I think that spot is going to be something that, that I'm going to keep my eye on. Um, Cause I believe the three starting guards probably is kind of already set in stone in my opinion um, with Marcus, Tremont and Jamal. And so which one of those other guards is going to step up and, and earn their role. Cause you know, with Coach Simpson, everything is earned. Mm-hmm. For sure, and and that's I mean that's a good problem to have where you have so much depth, and especially coming from this past season where, um, certainly in stretches the depth was non-existent, and um, I mean it it all goes back to the Villanova game where you know the I mean Houston played outstanding, they they held Villanova to what was it 50, 52 points or something like that in the fifties, uh, all night, and and they just had one of those nights where. You know, the, the just the offense was not there at all. And now it's going to be a complete 180 uh, with this team now. Uh, you know, if Houston fan listening, knock on wood, because uh, this past season, you know, it, it, going into the season, it seemed like Houston was going to be at that level, too, where they had depth all over the place. And, I mean, they were just ravaged by injuries, especially, what was it, that two, three-week stretch um, in at the end of December where it seemed like every day there was, there was an injury popping up from one player. Um, and out, so you you really just never know. But it, it certainly looks like this upcoming season is going to be a complete 180. Um, and we're going to leave it there on that note. Coming right up on Pod Slam and Jam, we're going to talk a little bit more of those new uh, commits. We mentioned uh, Wilson, who's transferring over from Texas Tech, reportedly to Houston, and also class of 2023 commit that we mentioned on our last episode. Coming right up on Pod Slam and Jam, covering your UHS. Dayan and Andy here on another episode of Pod Slammer Jamma. I mean, it's been a great night. I mean, a lot more talent coming in. A couple of players who have recently committed to the University of Houston, like you just mentioned, Wilson, the transfer from Texas Tech. I mean, let's start with Wilson. He played some, and I believe it was Louisiana Lafayette. 
I, I, I believe it was just Louisiana. He was, Louis, yeah, he was Louisiana. part of the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, the Raging, yeah, um, just Louisiana. Mm. And then transferred for Tech and Richie. He really didn't play much. I was kind of reading up a little bit on him. I haven't had the chance to see him play, and so I'm not going to speak as if I did. But from what I read, saying that he's a long, athletic um, point guard, kind of similar to Dejan Giroux as far as what I read. I haven't seen it, so don't quote me on that. And so, I, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what he'll bring potentially. Like Andy just mentioned, he has to get a waiver because he's transferred twice. And also um, with the commit and next year's class, Tugler, man, is it, I keep seeing highlight after highlight with him, um, whether it's blocking shots, dunking on people. What do you think about these um, two additions for Houston? Yeah, I'll start with Wilson. With Wilson, and and like you said, the word that really uh, stood out and stands out if you go and you look at uh, some of the clips that he had, um, especially with Texas Tech last season, is I mean that's what jumps out. He's an athlete. Yeah, he can jump. Uh, I know. I remember last season when uh, they got the commit from Tajay Moore that he was transferring to Houston, and that was something that that stood out. Um, his athleticism, and then when he once he actually got to campus and. Um, you were seeing how just how high Tajay Moore could could jump and some of the crazy plays he did that really stuck out to Houston fans and he became uh, one of the Houston favorites um, in terms of the the fans' perspective. Um, I think it's interesting because, like you said, when you mention um, his year at Texas Tech, he didn't. Um, if just look at the stats, I mean, to be quite frank, they're just not going to stand out to you. He he averaged 15 points a game. Uh, or he averaged 15 minutes a game in 32 contests, and he only averaged two and a half points a game um, and really uh, single digits across the board. But when you go back to prior two seasons when he was at Louisiana, he was a double-digit scorer. He was averaging – he averaged 12, almost 13 points a game, a game his last year in Louisiana. Um, but it'll be interesting because, say uh, – We'll do two scenarios. We'll say one where he does get that waiver in a perfect world and, and he's eligible to play for Houston this upcoming season. The Cougars aren't going to need him to score. I mean, they're just not because they had the bulk of the scoring is going to come from Marcus Sasser. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Jarris Walker fits in because I think he potentially, depending on, like you said, how quickly he picks it up, he might be uh, one of Houston's go-to um, scorers. Obviously, Tremont Mark's going to be in the mix. Um, Terrence Arsenal, another guard, Emmanuel Sharp. They have so many, um, so much traffic in terms of depth when it comes to, to that guard position. Um, what Wilson's going to have to be able to come in and do um, is really be. It, it's interesting that you mentioned Dejon. You mentioned Dejon Terosa a comparison because that's probably what they're going to need him to do if he's eligible, eligible this upcoming season. Just come in, use his athleticism to be a, a pest on defense and just create havoc for opposing guards and, and use his athleticism to, to make it a nightmare. Yep, and, and use his length. You look, I looked at some of those numbers. Some of them he had some good assist owners. He's really good at rebounding and getting steals as well. So using his length and athleticism to his favor and being a playmaker, um, I, I think that's one thing that I think he will be able to do. And the Houston system is a lot like pro-style system, especially in the half court when they slow it down. It's a lot of pick-and-roll action. And so he'll be able to get inside and using his length and his athleticism to either finish for himself or create for others. So I, I hope he gets the Raver, like you said, in a perfect world. But if not, I, I think he definitely will be a great addition. But I could see him being – maybe more point guard depth 
behind Jamal Shedd, whenever he um, gets to rest. Or even, like we said, Marcus Sarasar also still wants to show his playmaking ability. And so ball <laughs> takes the seat. Does uh, Marcus play more on ball or does Wilson if he's granted? We know how good of a playmaker Tremont Mark is, so I, I definitely expect him to be on ball even more as well. And so, I mean, when you got the, a lot of talent like these young men have, yeah, I mean, it's only a good thing for Coach Simpson to, to, to be able to pick from. Good problem. Yeah, and I, I think it'll be interesting if he doesn't get that waiver um, and he sticks around for a year with the program and then next season he's eligible. I think his role becomes much more um, – you know, it becomes much more interesting. Yeah, maybe they do ask him to score more. Um, and it's uh, it's interesting in general because he's already played three uh, college seasons, so he's going to be entering his senior season. Um, obviously, he'd, he'd have the, the one COVID year that, that wouldn't count, so if he did want to play, he could technically play for, for another year. But um, he's already played three years in college basketball. He's not, you know, like we mentioned, he's not like a, a one-year transfer or anything like that. So... Uh, he's coming. He chose to come to Houston for a reason. So I, I can imagine going back to what we said in the previous segment, where um, the one thing that Calvin Sampson and his staff is really good at is defining roles. So I'm sure they had a lengthy conversation with with what they have uh, in envisioned for him. Now um, we digress to uh, the class of 2023. Obviously, last week we had uh Cordell Jefferson as a guest if you haven't checked that out please be sure to check it out um link will be in the description um we had a good conversation he was the University of Houston's first uh, class of 2023 commit and um literally on that day they we recorded Houston landed their second uh, class of 2023 uh, commit and that was Joseph Jojo Tugler um who is a 6'7 and he is uh Going back, he's an athletic, um, really just an athletic freak of nature um, with, again, some of the clips. It's kind of interesting when, when he commit. Obviously, of course, he kind of, I guess, the, the Twitter algorithm kind of uh, puts him on your radar more just because of, of his connection to Houston now. But um, he was played um, over the weekend in, in a tournament. It was just I was watching clips all of him on defense they really stood out and his instincts on defense really is what jumps out at you um and once he comes to Houston I think he'll be uh immediate impact because well first of all he's still a junior in, in high school so he could still potentially grow even more um but I mean just his instincts alone there was this one clip where uh, a player got into the paint passed it off to the big uh Tugler recovered and he, he his double his double bounce was real quick and he was able to react and, and block that shot immediately so if he's doing that as a junior in high school I'd imagine he's going to only continue to hone his craft through his new year and once he gets here he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. For sure I mean you just can see the potential there um, that he has and just keep developing keep working on his body whenever he gets to Houston and Coach Allen Bishop gets to him, you know, he's going to develop even more and get more athletic. And so, like you said, I've been seeing those same highlights. They've been on my Twitter feed. And, man, the kid has a ton of potential. Supremely athletic. I mean, who knows if Jarris Walker is going to be a one-and-done type player, how actually his career is going to play out. But you potentially have those two at Houston at the same time. And Jarris Walker is supremely athletic just like that as well. And so, I mean, the future is bright going to Houston, especially not only next year, but in years to come. For sure. And like we wrapped, as we wrap things up, 
Um, on this episode, we're going to transition back to Marcus Sasser real quick. We do have uh, one clip to play from his availability. It was Marcus Sasser talking a little bit about the decision um, that went into returning to Houston as well as um, kind of the goals he has going forward for the 2022-23 season. Start this off with Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle. Joseph, go ahead with your question for Marcus, please. Marcus, hi. Uh, can you uh, just give us a little insight on what went into your decision uh, to come back to school? Um, just, I was going into the process, um, just wanted to be 100% sure, you know, not have any doubt um, as, as in just getting drafted. So I had a little doubt going into it. So, and they both positives to me. So it wasn't a hard choice coming back to school to the University of Houston. We'll go to Randy McElroy from KPRC. Randy, go ahead with your question for Marcus, please. Hey, Marcus, uh, have you had a chance to speak with Coach Sampson? And if so, can you uh, tell us kind of a little bit about that conversation? Uh, yes, sir. Just, um, he's for me. Um, I'm happy to be back. Just having a good player-coach relationship. And just about, you know, the Final Four being in Houston. And just me coming back as, you know, a veteran, a leader, coming to lead this team, you know, and just knowing the expectations that we have. So it was a lot of serious talk, but also we was excited about it. And we're excited to get started working again. Thank you, Randy. We'll go to Mark Berman with uh, Fox 26. Mark. Once again, that was Marcus Sasser speaking uh, to reporters uh, less than an hour turnaround after um, he officially made the announcement that he was going to be returning uh, to Houston. So uh, going back to those clips, he talked about how, um, again, going into that draft process, he, he kind of went in with an open mind. And like you said um, at the very beginning of the episode where he was um, he was a realist. And I like that description that you used for him because he went in um, having engaging a good sense of where he was. Uh, and I, I think in general, he used this process to, one, certainly build those relationships with those NBA teams. I think he he accomplished everything he wanted to because, like I said, he he didn't start off with the draft, uh, NBA draft combine invite. And he was able to work his way up to, to get that full invitation. And then, I mean, even going back to today, he was working out with the Orlando Magic um, earlier today on, on June 1st, uh, the day of his deadline. Um, the other point, he completely mentioned, you know, obviously, of course, the, the big elephant in the room, the final four is going to be in Houston in 2023. That is a goal that, that that's, that's the goal. That's why he's coming back. They're trying to make history of something that not even the old five-star pajama teams did with Hakeem Olajuwon, with Clyde Drexler. We know the names. Um, they're trying to chase history and to do it of all places in Houston. He's got one heck of opportunity, uh, not just Sasser himself, obviously the team as a whole, but Sasser is going to be a big part in, in that team this upcoming season. Another thing that he mentioned as well that stood out to me that you didn't get a chance to hear in that clip was he said that all the NBA – well, the NBA doctors did um, yeah. an X-ray on his foot and got to see and sent it out to all the NBA teams and got to see that he's 100% healthy. And so that's another thing that um, I'm happy for him. And now it's just about building – 
through that, staying healthy, showing that he can stay healthy for a full season, and just continue to develop his skill set like like we have uh, been talking about throughout this entire episode. And so, I mean, I, I'm very excited for him that, I mean, he kept it real not only with himself but his family and all his support system, I'm sure the coaching staff. And I definitely think he made the right decision. And I think when, as the season goes on, when it comes in passes and draft time next year, he's going to look back and be like, I made the right decision. It's going to see himself following one of those for sure lottery picks. Yeah, he's going to be motivated. And it's get, like you said at the beginning of the show, um, if there was a fast-forward button through the next few months, we'd be you know, spamming it right now so we could get into November because this is, quite frankly, is going to be the most oh, – exciting season that the Houston fans have had of certainly probably going back to those 80s teams and you can make the argument that they're at a better much better spot than than even those teams were because like I said they're going to be um, one of the cut out clear-cut favorites heading into the season and like you said they still have one scholarship spot open so um, for all we know in the coming days they could make an announcement that they have another transfer um, that is planning to come to, to Houston, and that, that could be tremendous. Um, but that's going to do it for today's episode. So once again, we thank you, everyone that joined, obviously, off the heels of big news. Marcus Sasser will be returning to Houston uh, for one more year. Um, he didn't go with any Michael Jordan, any IG post, you know, one last dance or anything like that. But um, he did um, was able to speak to reporters, and he did uh, was able to explain a little bit about his decision-making process. Dayan, I'll let you say the, the final word, sir. I mean, it's always a pleasure. We want to thank you for all our supporters who always watch us. Even before we had um, the video component, you listen to us. However you joined us, we greatly appreciate it. And it's always a pleasure joining you, Andy, as always, man. Go Cougs.